You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks. That's my personal Twitter handle. Also, the show pod, uh, show handle is uh, at Locked On Brewers and Facebook.com slash Locked On Brewers as well. You can check us out in all those spots. And we're getting closer and closer. I think the, the countdown clock, uh, as I record this, is showing uh, just under three days. Uh, two hours, 23 minutes. We really, we really overdo it as a society with the whole countdown clock thing. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. Uh, so it's it's there. Uh, long story short, the Brewers are at Wrigley Field on Friday to start the season. They're now done with the Blue and Gold World Series. It was uh, it was fun. Was it fun? The, the fun part wasn't necessarily the keeping track of the wins and losses because who cares? It's an inter-squad scrimmage. It was the uh, the mic down the field. Uh, you know, Eddie Cedar, Christian Yelich, Evisel uh, Garcia, the last one on uh, Tuesday. With both Keston Hira and Ben Gamble. That was fun. That was fun. Little Brent Sutery. Can't ever go wrong mixing him in. So uh, that was a good time. And it's over now, I guess. I, it's my understanding. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it, you know, what it was, uh, if it was how true it was, but it looked like when the players were trying to offer up some some items for the owners during the whole mess of negotiations we had a few weeks ago, one of those was that they would have more mic'd up players on the field. Uh, during games, I don't know how they would have pulled that off necessarily because if you're taking it seriously, you know it's hard to have a conversation. Like we saw, if you're watching the game on on Tuesday on Brewers.com, Brent Suter tried a pickoff move and Keston Hero was talking, and you know it was a low throw. It wasn't a good throw from Suter, but Hero probably could have handled it. But he was trying to talk uh, to the broadcasters, doing two things at once. So I don't know how they would handle it, but it was fun. You know, it was interesting. I think it adds. I think it makes the game more interesting, makes it flow uh, from a, a television perspective because you're really getting some some fun insight, even if they're not going to reveal everything. But, you know, it, it, it will happen again. It will be here. Uh, Fox is doing it. They do it at the All-Star game. You know, it's going to be more and more part of the game, but it would have been interesting if it could have been more and more part of a game this season. But no, <laughs> because everybody was stubborn and, you know, had to... Be greedy, and here we are with the 60-game schedule. So with that 60-game schedule, it is becoming pretty intriguing. I'm I'm now, you know, it, it just, it takes me, I think this is me in general. When something's not imminent, uh, I'm not super excited about it. It's just the way my personality works. So I, I hadn't been super into, you know, mapping out the Brewers' start to the season here and how things were going to play out. And we had all these storylines in spring training, and, 
you know, again, we've been over it, but the interest in seeing how all these young guys that, that were acquired by David Stearns and some veterans that were acquired by David Stearns, how they were all going to play out here, how Council would work his magic and manage things throughout the season. And now all those storylines really are still there. It's just uh, doing so with a shortened season. And I, I can't tell, you know, I have no feel, good feel. I've talked about it on the podcast. I have no good feel for whether or not the Brewers are advantaged or disadvantaged or neither, you know, as far as 60 games and everything you got going on. I, I kind of listed this out today. I was looking at this. Uh, how many starters will the Brewers have in these over these 60 games? Because it's an interesting thing. You've got Brett Anderson with the 10-day IL. It's You can retroactivate that to, to three days before the, the season starts. And so, long story short, he only has to miss one start. He can be put back on the roster for another turn of the rotation seven days into the season. So you've got that. In his place is going to be Corbin Burns, which I, I am very intrigued by. I'm really looking forward to the weekend at Wrigley Field now. That's what I'm talking about when it's now totally imminent. Here we go, and now I'm I'm locked in. You know, So I'm excited about seeing Corbin Burns go in game two because he's looked good. And now... You know, there's that sense of anticipation. Can he carry that through to a big first step in a major league game? Because pretty much every major league game he uh, threw in in the last uh, handful of them, at least last year, did not go well for Corbin Burns. And so can he build on on what he's looked like here in spring training, then spring training 2.0? And we'll see. Uh, and that's very interesting to watch on Saturday. Of course, Brandon Woodruff going on Friday in the opener and seeing if he can ha- get off to the good start that uh, we saw him, you know, complete so so many times last year. So you got that. But how many pitchers will the Brewers have as starters? I'm listing my bet in these 60 games, again, barring injury, which I don't know if you can bar or not because it's probably going to happen and already has happened with Brett Anderson. But I'm going to guess seven. I'm going to say Woodruff, Hauser, you've got Josh Lindblom, as we all knew about, and Brett Anderson, who will get a start. So there's four. And then you throw in Corbin Burns, uh, Freddie Peralta. I, I believe you know he's going to get a shot to start a game. Uh, Eric Lauer, who we haven't talked about a lot on this podcast is all, but he, at all, but he's a guy the Brewers wanted. He got off to a delayed start here in summer training 2.0, whatever we're calling it, because he was exposed to the COVID, uh, never actually tested positive, but exposed to it. And so he's behind the curve a little bit, but they like him, and I would imagine he'll start. And then you can always throw in a Brent Suter, right? So that that's actually eight if I uh, add up all those guys, Woodruff, Hauser, Burns, Anderson, Peralta, Lindblom, Suter, and Lauer. Uh, so you could have that. I'm going to go with seven. It probably will be eight. Look, the Brewers have a crazy month of August where they don't have many off days at all. And, you know, Craig Council is going to work that and and figure some strategy out. And, and it could be that, you know, a couple of guys get some spot starts to give these starters an extra day rest. I wouldn't doubt that at all. Especially, you know, since these guys aren't stretched out. I mean, really, they are, for the, for the most part, pretty well stretched out, but not completely, not where you'd want to be coming into a regular season. Now, of course, the argument can counter back. Well, it's only they only have to make 10 to 12 starts. 12 starts if... If they all stick to a five-man rotation, that's not very much. And maybe not, but it just depends on how the workload goes in those starts, right? So I think we'll see some additional starters. 
but I was starting to kind of flow in again. You, you, you get used to what you're going to see. You watch the scrimmages a little bit, and then you, you flow into the bullpen as well. And a lot of intriguing storylines there. You know, Josh Hader, can he continue to be himself? And what role will the Brewers hold for him this year? You got to think if if Corey Knable can be himself after Tommy John and find his velocity and his wicked curveball, that he's going to be the closer. You got to think Bobby Wall plays a role in that too. They were very excited to get him from the Mets before he tore his ACL uh, last spring in 2019. Now it's been a year and a half, and I'm sure he's itching to get out there. And they like him. You know, and, and you've got some of these other guys. They signed David Phelps for middle relief. They liked him. But you look at Hader, Wall, Knable. How does that late inning, you know, tandem figure? And I, the Brewers don't, they probably don't have an answer set in stone. Now, they're going to have to have a plan, you know, in the first weekend. And is the plan Hater 7 and 8? Are we going to see that on opening day if the Brewers have the lead? Is he going to go in the 7th and 8th inning and then be followed by Knable? Is that the plan? That'll be interesting because it hasn't been necessarily laid out there yet. And Hater, of course, was the closer de facto last year and did a great job until a wild card game, did a great job. And then, uh, you know, but is that his natural role? Is that his best role for the Brewers? I don't think so. If Knable is Knable, his his role is to have the ninth inning for sure. You know, I don't, I just don't see any other way. So uh, th- that'll be interesting. And then, and then who's got the, you know, one out in the fifth to come in for the starter? It's going to roll through uh, six and seven or six into seven on days when haters resting, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. I mean, I think that's where I am going to be very excited to see Freddie Peralta figure in. Uh, and then these other intriguing arms. Devin Williams is is intriguing with his stuff. Can he put it together? The new guys, Fireheisen and Eric Yardley. Uh, you, you count up all the pitchers that I think are going to contribute or we've seen flashes from. You know, I'm going, uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten relievers. And, uh, well, I guess you yeah, have ten with Suter in the mix there. Who, who did really look good, you know, in the last month of the season last year in that middle inning role. And then uh, as many as seven starters, although I'm including Freddie Peralta, so I'm kind of double counting Freddie Peralta. So it was six and 10, 16 total, which jives with kind of what I feel like is going to happen on the roster. You know, 16 uh, pitchers, 14 position players. I can see that. Maybe it's 15 and 15, but you're going to have a lot of pitchers to start the season for two weeks, and you know they're going to get their shot. So uh, I'm just the, – the bullpen is a work in progress every year, even though it's usually very good for the Brewers because you've got some good raw talent there. It's always how it's going to fit together is a work in progress, and typically it's very different in April and May than it is in August and September, but obviously not the case this year. I don't know if it will be very different in August than it will be in September – uh, but these these pieces are going to fall into place, and and I think you know it's good for the club not to necessarily designate roles because the roles will sort of define themselves. And if you go into it and and be, get rigid about that stuff, I just don't think that's the Brewers' way. We know that we've seen that. So I'm I'm excited now just to to watch these particular storylines play out. Really on both sides. We're talking about the pitching today. Maybe we'll talk a little more about how the roles play out on offense. Uh, tomorrow with all of the, the utility players and the guys who have come in and performed and seen, you know, if that will carry over to the season. So we'll talk about that. I wanted to um, discuss, we'll do this next, uh, a story about Craig Council 
and sort of the some of the pub that he's starting to get, uh, you know, from national writers. And I love it because I think Council's a fantastic manager. I've, I've said that for as long as this podcast has been around and uh, I guess more than a year. And I'm I'm excited to see that that other people are taking notice, uh, as particularly national writers. So uh, we'll talk about that next. You're Lockdown Brewers. Lockdown Brewers brought to you by Rock Auto. You want to check it out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you. Well, we've uh, talked a lot on this podcast about the job that Craig Council does, and I've, I hear, uh, <laughs> I think I've mocked it from time to time when when uh, I hear fans like on call-in shows and that sort of thing uh, mad at Council for decisions that he makes. I think some people are mad at, at the wild card game, which is ridiculous because you put your players in position to, to succeed. He did, and Josh Hader, his best pitcher, did not, unfortunately. And it, it happens, right? And it's uh, it's too bad. It happened last year uh, in the playoffs, but it was not Craig Council's fault. And, and Council has been very good, not only at tactically managing the Brewers through a season, but also keeping the clubhouse together, keeping players on board with the strategy, because it's not as... it Baseball is changing, but the Brewers are changing faster than baseball as it relates to how they use their pitchers, how they you know use their players uh, for you know rest and, and how they get them through the season. And he's been able to keep his guys on board. And he's obviously done a fantastic job. Uh, one person that's noticed and is a national writer, Tom Verducci with Sports Illustrated, he had some good comments to make about Craig Council. Listen in. This is the Major League Baseball season where managers get a renewed importance. Think about it, a short training camp heading into a short season in which getting off to a fast start is imperative. And the new rules. The Universal DH, expanded rosters, and the new strategy of what to do in extra innings that begin with a runner on second base. There's no manager better equipped to handle this new ball game than Craig Council of the Milwaukee Brewers. Over the last three years, Council's Brewers are the best team in baseball at outperforming their win expectancy total, at winning one-run games, and they're the best team in the league in September when rosters are expanded. Council is a master at maxing out roster usage. He told me this year, for instance, he'll have multiple pitchers stretched out, so it seems as if he has two starting pitchers ready for each game. Baseball will be played very differently in 2020 in a 60-game season. 2020 baseball fits Milwaukee Brewers-style baseball as managed by Craig Council. Okay, so that's Ferducci. That's interesting because, you know, I've been blathering on here the last few days about, well, what about the 60-game gonna schedule going to affect things? You know, what does it advantage Brewers? So Tom Ferducci very clearly says they're advantage Brewers. I'm all for it. I love Tom Verducci. No, I mean, you know, it, it, it could. I mean, that's if he's told this guy, if counsel has told Verducci that you know, it's going to seem like he has two starters every game, maybe that whole list of starters that I just went over in the first segment uh, today is, is kind of ridiculous and there will be many more than that. I don't know. That's the fun of this, right? How is this going to play out? We talked about the, I talked about on the podcast last week about how all these truisms in baseball that are true about a 162-game schedule – that they're probably not as true this year, maybe not true at all as it relates to slumps and how players go through ups and downs. And Not to say there won't be ups and downs, but that I think because of the intensity of the thing, 
They're going to be a lot more abbreviated. And again, are the Brewers better equipped? Not only because of the the all the depth they acquired in this past offseason that might not be as potent throughout 162 games, but maybe it's better in, in 60 with Council being the manager. Just some food for thought, some some interesting insights to, to watch as this season gets started. And again, the Brewers are playing all of these Central Division opponents, both in the National League, the bulk of their schedule, and of course the American League Central as well. And so it's, uh, you know, some of the managing chops for these other guys in the division are going up against Council. You know, you're seeing each other a lot. How does that factor play in? It might get annoying to see only Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates, and Reds, right? And, and the AL Central teams and a lot of twins. That might get sort of uh, old after a while, but it is what it is. Like I said, it the winner of the World Series won't have an asterisk by them this year, but they probably should just in fans' eyes because it's not a real baseball season in the sense of the typical length, but it doesn't make it any less interesting, I don't think. I think it's fascinating to see the sprint type of baseball season and how it plays out. So we'll talk more tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll check out the Brewers-White Sox exhibition in Chicago and getting ready for opening day. It's right around the corner. It's going to be exciting here coming up on Friday. So uh, looking forward to that. By the way, the Brewers expected win total uh, right at 31 games. So if they outperform that, that's one of the fascinating questions, right? How many wins to win the Central? 35? 38? 40? 40 seems high. Seems really high. So, but we'll see. You just, you never know. So that'll be an interesting thing to, to watch and track as the season goes along. So until tomorrow, we'll, show, we'll talk about the Brewers' uh, final tune-up and start getting ready for opening day at Wrigley. Uh, here on Lockdown Brewers. Thanks for listening. Again, you can check us out at Lockdown Brewers on uh, Twitter and also at Cheesehead Talks, my personal Twitter handle. I'm Ben Larson. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah.